When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome everybody back to the Basement Binge. Finally, another episode being released. Very excited to sit down with my good friend Matt from Matt Goes to the Movies and talk about the latest MCU movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah, I am excited because it it feels like it's been forever since we've done this um, being on the Basement Binge. Um, so I'm I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you were able to... Uh, to join me for this. I was I was hoping that I wouldn't have to talk about this alone or else this episode might be a little bit boring. So, yeah. Um, if you don't know who Matt is, definitely go check out Matt Goes to the Movies. It will be linked below. We're going to talk about that more in a second. But first, let's just start with our first segment, completely spoiler-free as well. Two cents. This is just where we give our kind of two-minute spoiler-free reaction to the film. Uh, and Matt, I'll let you go first. What, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about the film? Yeah, so uh, spoiler free, uh, this is a movie that uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it is it is a mixed bag for me. It has some really good moments. I think it has some strong performances, some strong family dynamic chemistry. And it also, for me, falls into the incredibly terrible trope that I think the MCU has has gotten into where some things just don't need to be funny. This happened a lot in Thor Love and Thunder when that should have been a more serious movie. And I think that happens here as well. I think there are some things where there is is comedy for the sake of Marvel is starting to fall into a formula and they can't seem to get out of their own ways at certain times, um, which I think really um, it, it doesn't hurt this movie to the point where I think it's bad. Um, anybody saying that this is the worst MCU movie, which I've heard a lot of, and it's the worst reviewed one again, everybody's entitled to your opinion, but I, I think that's crazy for people to say that this is the worst movie in the MCU. Um, but it does have some familiar flaws that I think hurt it. Interesting. That's crazy that people are saying this is the worst in the MCU. Like, I think that's incredibly, it's the worst rated. That's crazy yeah, to me. It is It is officially right now the worst rated movie in the MCU. Dang. Okay. Well, my spoiler-free thoughts are definitely that it's not the worst rated movie in the MCU. It, it's it's kind of with you where like there's parts of it that are good. Like It has some good family dynamics. There, there, there's some performances that are good. 
Jonathan Majors in particular being one. Kang is a super fun villain and is exciting. Like it's exciting to finally feel like there's some consistency to what the MCU is doing. Like not that everything in it needs to be connected, but like, for example, you watch the Eternals and then Thor Love and Thunder and you're like, these two worlds will never intersect, which feels very different than what the MCU was. Not that it has to be that way, but so yeah, it, it's it's definitely nice to have it have some uniformity. Um, but it's just a little bit boring to say the least. Like like it's it's tries to be funny and it's boring and uh just kind of loses its its excitement that you might have for it, even visually pretty quickly. Uh we'll get into the details of that here as we get through the spoilers, but those are our spoiler-free thoughts about Ant-Man and the Wasp. As we get into the next segments, it will be completely spoiler-filled. Before we do that, though, I just wanted to give Matt a chance to talk about everything happening at Matt Goes to the Movies. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, there's a lot happening. Uh, there should be a lot more happening, but due to, you know, holiday weekends and work schedules and stuff like that, uh, a little behind on some of the things that we wanted to do, but uh, we've been reviewing The Last of Us, which is an absolute smash success on HBO Max. It's been a lot of fun uh, to to do those and and really just kind of break down my my thoughts with Rob about uh, about that show because I think it's probably one of the best shows um, that has come out on some of those platforms. Um, and to me, the best video game adaptation that's ever been done. Um, and it's not even close when it comes to The Last of Us. So that's been a lot of fun. We recently did uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which Harrison, I know you're a huge fan of that movie. So that was a yeah. lot of fun. Uh, we did that Will Smith marathon. And we do have reviews coming up of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, of um, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, which my son hates me for making him watch that again. Uh, <laughs> and then a YouTube review uh, video one of the movie The Crow coming out. So a lot of stuff happening, um, you know, little behind schedule, but there, there's so much going on over at that show. Yeah. If you have not yet listened to the last of episodes, you should, because I imagine that you are in the minor, minor in the majority of people watching it, unlike me, who has not been. But those episodes have been so good that they finally convinced me to break my very tight budget that I'm on this semester with school and subscribe to HBO Max to finally get caught up on The Last of Us because those episodes are just good. So anywhere you want to check out Matt Goes to the Movies will be linked below. Uh, exciting things happening. So let's get into the next segment here, Pick Your Poison, which is the rating scale here at The Basement Binge, which if Rob were here, he would have a reason for his answer and talk about how this segment's confusing because things are different. But nonetheless, the rating scale is out of four. How the bingeability of this film, how would we choose to interact with it after seeing it this time? Would we never watch it again? Uh, would we stream it if it's on a service that we're already paying for and we're just looking for something to watch? In the right circumstances, would we rent it and pay a few bucks or at the top of the list, would you buy it? Then I'll go first for this. And if I'm being totally honest, um, I really don't think I'm going to watch this again. Like, I'm not going to actively avoid it. Um, but a, a lot of the times I, when I, you know, pick your poison, the reason that I don't choose never watch it again is because it's like, oh, if, if a friend invited me over and they're like, hey, we're watching Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania at home, I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, I'd watch it. I don't know if I'd be so convinced to go. Like, I might just be like, 
Nah, maybe not. Like, or or like, I might try and persuade them to watch something else. Uh, not that this is bad, but like, I just, you know, I've spent enough time with it already. Uh, so I don't, I don't really see myself watching it again. And all the things that I liked about this, I can get better somewhere else. Yeah, I think that that's a really good way to put it. And I, I, I want to just point out in my point of this, um. You know, this started what is officially phase five of the MCU. Okay. Now, this has followed a trope. So I I just want to say this to me would be once it goes on Disney Plus, I will probably watch it one more time just to get a refresher on it. But look at the slate that's come out recently and tell me if you see a trend, Harrison. And this is something I, I, you know, with live up and stuff, I think we'll get into a little bit more. Okay. Now, some of these things were delayed going from phase four into phase five, black widow. Would you ever watch that again? Is there any reason to No, definitely not Shang Chi. I would, I would watch it again. Yeah. I'd watch that. I could, I could turn it on. Sure. Absolutely. The eternals. No, no, no way home. I own it. So yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. They have that one. That one's like the exception. Multiverse of Madness. I really enjoy that movie. I would watch yeah. that again. There's I could fl- watch that again. There's flaws, but I enjoy it. Thor Love and Thunder. Definitely not. No reason to ever watch it again. There's really not. I watched that a second time, and it pissed me off. So, like Watching it again made me realize how bad that movie is. Uh, Wakanda Forever. Exception like No Way Home. I actually think Wakanda Forever is really good. But I don't know if I would actively watch it like I I wouldn't seek out to go on to Disney Plus and watch it. Well said. I agree. And then you lead into Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, That was all phase four. Phase four is already. That's so short. That's movies. Now, granted, phase phase four is largely made up of shows. Right. Largely. Um, But the movies that released in phase four. You know, Black Widow, there's no reason it even released in phase four other than COVID. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's where we'll get into, you know, a little bit more once we talk about some other segments here on the basement binge, where one of my major problems lies with the MCU and it's in its current state. But yeah, this is something that I will watch one more time just to get a refresher and, and maybe gather some more thoughts on it. Um, but this is not something I'm going to seek out. Like, I'm not going to look back and go, man, this was so critical and crucial to phase five, even though it is, I I do feel like there's a lot here where it's just like, yeah, it's sure. Whatever. Like it was passable. Um, and I'll move on. That's really interesting. I just looked up the phase fine what's coming and I don't know how much of that's going to change that. I mean, like, we got Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I it could be good, but I'm kind of nervous about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I mean, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I'm not. I'm kind of lukewarm on that. I'm not super excited anymore. Yeah, the trailer uh, did not. The trailer did not get me hyped. The trailer no. did not make me. Now, it, there's an inherent uh, ability or need for me, and I think probably for you as well. You know, regardless of the podcast. At this point in our lives, the MCU is just 
it's such a mainstay. It's such a staple that no matter what, it's almost impossible for me to not go see one of these movies in the theater. Um, yeah. Do I have the same thing where I, you know, where it used to be where I'm like, it's not the, I, there's not the, oh my God, I want to go. There's the, it's just kind of part of my life now. Yeah. Like, like that's such a good way to say it. it. It's just, it's part of my life. It's, it's, it's a routine. I wake up in the morning. I get ready. I put clothes on. Most of us do. Like, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's just part of that natural routine now with the MCU. Um, and I do miss the feeling of, oh my God, I want to go. Yeah. The only thing that has me like actively excited in phase five as I'm looking is Blade, Daredevil Born Again, Loki Season 2, and then two that I'm kind of like unsure about is Captain America, The New World Order, and The Marvels. I was I would really, really liked um Miss Marvel. Um not so much the show, but the character. Mm-hmm. And so but even even those, it's like I don't know how I'm very apprehensive now to get excited. Yeah, I have there and it ties from this too. I have a little bit of what I would have liked to see in Captain America and the New World Order. There there's something that happens in this movie that when I was thinking about it, I was like, I would have really liked to have seen this dynamic in that movie. Um, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm intrigued. But uh yeah, there there's nothing that screams out, okay, I have to see like I have to see this like come yeah. hell or high water. I'm going to be there. Yeah. And, and even rewatching it, like all the things I liked of it, I really liked the score from Christoph Beck, but I can just listen to that. Like there's mm-hmm. no need to watch the movie again. Jonathan majors. I thought he was really good, but I don't need him as this performance. Like I feel like he's going to be more interesting in things to come. And if I want a really good performance from him, there's plenty of other movies, especially like Creed 3 coming up. Yep. This this movie got me excited for Creed 3. So like yeah, the score I can just listen to on Spotify. Jonathan Majors, I'm going to get better versions of in different things. If I want that dynamics of Ant-Man and the Wasp or Ant-Man and the humor that is associated with Ant-Man, I'll either watch Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp because I think Ant-Man's hilarious. I think it's really fun. Like mm-hmm. if I want that kind of humor that is Ant-Man, I'll watch Ant-Man. If I want like the relationship between people I'll watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. I actually really like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's a good, like, kind of buddy cop type vibe. Mm-hmm. Which, so all of the things that this movie has at least decently well, there's better versions of somewhere else. And I don't know why I'd come back to this. Yeah, no, I mean, especially I think, you know, his, like you said, uh, Jonathan Major's performance is good. It Go back and watch the end, and it's just the end. I don't think this performance is any better like it's good but i don't think this is any better than the scenes you get from him and loki no not at all like in in fact i think that is better you know um so yeah like there's there's other things and because you're not getting him fully yet like these are just these are appetizers this is not your main course so it's just well this isn't the version that i'm gonna see anyway you know, yeah. it's it's kind of like some people thought it was kind of cheapened that the Thanos that we got in Endgame was 
a different it wasn't the thanos that snapped half the universe from existence i know some people felt cheated by that that it didn't carry the same weight um you know it's almost the same here the king that we're gonna get is not yeah what we just got yeah so and it, and it's not like this villain is written in such a way where it's like a super captivating villain like the joker or thanos like Jonathan Majors is good because he's Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. The character isn't doing that much for him. He's doing it all. I mean, like, the character is fun, and he, he right. does work within the dynamics of the character, which is interesting. Yeah, and, and something that at least I will say about the villain, and maybe I'll... Yeah, I'll save that thought for later. But <laughs> So, so it, it's just... It's, it, it's just so unexciting. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer. I, I, I like you said. I miss being excited. Like not just to see the movie. Like oh my gosh, I got to get my tickets the second they go on sale because I know it's going to sell out. And then afterwards, I'm going to be excited about this movie for like a week, and everyone's going to be talking about it. And every single time I talk about it, I'm going to be excited. It's like none of that is happening anymore. Yeah, it's weird because you know the Super Bowl was two three weeks ago. You get all these big time trailers. And it's weird that my excitement is for a company that is in frickin shambles in the DCU. Yeah. Like I feel dirty, but the flash trailer, like I want to feel that again for Marvel. Yes. Like, the, yes. The, like yes. the way I felt about the flash trailer going, you know, uh, I really don't maybe want to support this. One, because of everything that happened, and two, because like, yeah, they say it's going to reset everything and whatnot, but it's like, it's almost like none of this matters. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's almost like none yeah, of that yeah. movie actually matters in the grand scheme of things. Um, but like, oh man, like, I want to see Michael Keaton because yeah. he actually looks really cool as Batman. I'll give credit, Supergirl looks really good. The you know, thought of Zod coming back, Ben Affleck having some more scenes as Batman, uh, just a stupid blue and gray Batman costume. That seeing sweet. that in action. Um, yeah, that's the kind of excitement that I want to feel for the MCU that I'm just, I I'm no longer having. And, you know, this is almost, sorry, I've almost put us down a spiral of the live up section. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was say, let's just move on to live up because I'm curious, like is all of this that you're feeling now, like the lack of excitement just after seeing the movie, did you have any excitement before you went and saw it? So I did. I was, I was genuinely excited to see Ant-Man. Now, again, there could be some different things. We kind of talked about this. You and I off air about Winnie the Pooh, blood and honey, where mm -hmm. I went with a group of people. My son was there, you know, some, colleagues from work people i consider friends and you know other friends that i've known for over 15 years um we all went together so maybe i watch that movie at home and it's a piece of trash and watching it on my you know my sofa it's not as good anymore and it's just like i recognize the movie for what it is it's a crappy horror movie and i don't enjoy it um but i was excited and you know, part of that excitement is doing something with my son because we went together. Um, you know, there's still always that joy there of, of of doing something with your, you know, with your kid and things like that. And that was fun. Um, but I genuinely had excitement for this because 
I was looking forward to kicking off the next phase. Okay. Mm. Phase four is behind us. Regardless of how I feel about that and some of the things that happened. Okay. Here's where we can maybe get off to a better start. Um, and while we do understand what's coming, you know, I think, you know, maybe the casual moviegoer doesn't know, you know, it's, it's not as clear because that was one of the other things that I have, I've heard complaints about is it still leaves so much wide open for what's coming. Like what is phase five and six about? Like, you know, they, they didn't see Kang as a big, like casual movie people don't see Kang as a big threat right now. Like, wait, this is the next guy that is Thanos. Like, this is the guy that carries 20 movies until we get to, you know, number 21, which is the big conclusion or however many movies that was in that saga. Um, but I think maybe for like you and I, this movie does enough and we know enough to go. Yeah, I know where the I know where the direction is going and what's happening. But there are still a lot of things that feel when you look at this disconnected. I mean, you have Daredevil born again. You have Captain America, New World Order. Um, and it's not like the first couple of movies, like you at least knew in the MCU what we were leading towards. And there were loose connections. But I don't know. You just look at the slate of things and it's like, OK, where the hell does Blade fit in? Yeah. Like, like where does the Blade move? And I'm excited because it it's the potential to be something very different. Um. And so I'm, ex- you know, I'm excited for it to maybe kind of break away from the formula and the cookie cutterness of what we're seeing now with the MCU. So, yeah, there's excitement there. But is it standalone? Like, wh- where does he fit in? Um, where does, geez, I-, I don't know. Like, where does Agatha, yeah, the Agatha series fit in? Like, right, like, what, like do- what does that have to do with Kang? Where does that fit in? Um, oh God, I'm trying to think of the other movie that I was just thinking about. Like, okay, so like, where does like where does that fit in? Um, uh, the Thunderbolts. Yeah, like I I know where Thunderbolts like it, where the rumors are and things like that, but it's kind of starting. Like some of these these projects and things are feeling like the DCEU, where it's just mm-hmm. like okay, your hope is to just make good individual movies and, and that's great. But I think it's, it's getting into the realm of even for hardcore fans, I do think there's some confusion starting to happen. Yeah. So that's, you know, that. so this, I was excited. Uh, I guess the end question, did it live up to what I thought? That's hard to say because I don't have that same live up expectation as yeah. I did. Um, so I'm I'm trying to kind of curb my expectations and, and think about this. And this was one thing we talked about in the year end review show that we that you joined me on. Looking at things in a different light, in a different context, where am I just judging some of these things too harshly? Um, because. Phase one, two, and three is such an achievement in cinema history. 
it yeah. really is. You 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 can not underscore and it's almost like you expect it to happen every time. What they did with the Infinity Saga is unprecedented. It really is because you never thought you'd get an Avengers movie. Right. You never thought like and even after the Avengers happened, did we ever think we'd get to where Endgame Infinity like no, you can't. You unless you had a crystal ball, even the most diehard optimistic person, you cannot tell me predicted that. Yeah. And it's a benchmark and it's a rare achievement. And when you're hitting when you're used to hitting grand slams all the time, so to speak, in terms of box office and and what happens, you know. Singles, doubles, and triples get you on base in baseball to use like a sports analogy and get you in position to score. Those are not bad things. But when you're used to just getting up to the plate, hitting a home run, touching all four bases, all of a sudden a double's not as sexy, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, that's a good analogy. It's really interesting because as I was thinking about my expectations going in, I don't even really feel like I had any. Like I thought about this, like, why am I going? You why just am I sp- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's right. I just went because I was like, why am I spending my ticket money on this? Of all the movies I'm excited to see, of all the, the movies I want to watch in theaters or at home, or The Last of Us, for example, why am I watching this? And I was like, you know what? I'm watching it because that's just what you do. You just go see Marvel movies. Like me and all the other people in the movie theater. Because you know, both critics and audiences aren't reviewing this well. But the box office is outperforming almost every other movie this year like it mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's i mean granted it's only february but it, it's doing great box office wise uh but i was like if it wasn't for the podcast i would see this but i think that i would wait until it was on disney plus i just and and it's not because i don't want to watch marvel movies it's just like you know what i would like to spend my ticket money to see a different movie in theaters and i yeah. i'll watch this at home i you know, I'm already subscribed to Disney Plus. For I don't know what's showing, like by you. Um, I, I mean everything's out right now, but you know, like for me at the Regal, okay. Um, what's showing at the Regal right now? Ant Man and the uh, Wasp: Quantumania, uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance, Knock at the Cabin. You're not going to see Knock at the Cabin, so when you're like, oh, I <laughs> no, want no. like, oh, I want to spend money on something different. Um. I don't think you're go- like for us, 80 for Brady, the movie about Tom Brady is playing at the Regal. Uh, you've already seen Puss in Boots. Um, yeah. You're not going to see Megan. No. Like you're not going to see that. Um, maybe you're going to see a remastered 4K version in 3D of Titanic. I don't know. Maybe. Um, you're not going to see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, Maybe are are you, you know, do you go spend your money on that movie plane with Gerald Butler? Like, do you go, I'm just going to do something completely, totally different. Like, I'm not going to do the typical like we just talked about. Oh, this is what you do. You go see an MC movie, MCU movie. It's in the theater. I don't know. Like, what else are you spending your money on at the theater? That's close to you. I know. That's what I'm looking at here. Like, what else am I going to go see? Yeah. Yeah. I- <laughs> like sure there's tons of like i don't know it's just weird like i really was sitting there as i was watching the movie like i'm not very excited for this not that i'm 
actively looking to not like it, but mm-hmm. I just didn't have the excitement that I had before. And I was like, why am I here? What yeah. am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, and now did it live up to that low expectation? Well, yeah, in the good and bad way that it was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get why I'm here. I'm here. Cause I'm watching a Marvel movie. And do I regret going to see it? Absolutely not. What did it try too hard to be funny at times? And was it kind of annoying? Yeah. But did I laugh? Yes. W- was it a good time out with my wife eating our popcorn and my nerds rope? Yeah. Am I glad that I saw it? Yeah. Like it's not one that I'm going to actively avoid forever, but right. But it's just not exciting. It's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's a Marvel movie. Like, like I, I don't have the FOMO of wondering if I missed something good. Mm-hmm. Now I just know that it was just mediocre. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had my laughs. I had some popcorn, had some good moments that I liked. And, and then I moved on with my life and it, and I wish that it had more staying power, which is a bummer. Yeah. I think it shows though that, you know, you look at the movies that have gotten three. For individual characters. Iron Man. Now, you and I, I know, think very differently on Iron Man 2. <laughs> um, you know, I I think for sure Iron Man 3 is better than 2, but 1 is still the benchmark. I think, oh, yeah. I, I think 3 is hurt incredibly by that Mandarin twist. I think that, oh, yeah. like, to me, that's a slap in the face. You Now, 4's gotten 4. Like Thor's to me is one of the rare exceptions where you had the first one. I really like it. Second one universally was thought of as the worst movie in the, the MCU Ragnarok, I think was one of the major exceptions where it was like, wow, this is totally different and, and really good. You know, Captain America also say what you want. Some people will be like, well, it's not a Captain America movie. The third one's, a you know, a low budget, Avengers movie yeah, (laughs) and it's not even low budget, but this is really to me like it's following a trend where, you know, and that makes me worry for Guardians of the Galaxy three, where the first movies are 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 the benchmark. And then eh, like, yeah, you know, because for me, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I'm not really a fan of that. And that's based on the treatment of the villain who I don't think is the villain. Like, I don't think she like, I just don't think she's a villain at all in that movie. I think it's it to me when I go back and watch that movie, it's, you know, uh, Scott and, uh, geez, why am I forgetting her name? Hope. Hope. Um, they're kind of jerks. Yeah. (laughs) Like in that movie. Um, but yeah, just like this kind of makes me worry more about guardians three. You know, we said the trailer didn't help, but just kind of looking at these movies that have had three entries, it doesn't it doesn't give me hope. No, and it's just it's just sad because I want to be excited. I want mm-hmm. to be excited about. I want to be excited about movies. Yeah, just, just period. Yeah. And and like I want culture to be excited about movies. And I feel like. You know, if we can't get excited about the MCU, what are we excited about? Yeah. Top Gun Maverick, right? Uh, you know that that comes around once every 
80 years. Yeah. So now for me, Scream 6, like Scream 6 is one of my most anticipated movies this year. Uh, what is it coming out? Uh, March 10th. Oh, OK, OK. You know, um, but again, that's a, that's not a for you. Not even no. clo- like not even close. Um, yeah, like I'm, you know, Creed 3 probably for you. I, the yeah. Creed movies, I think, are unbelievable. Um, but again, yeah. it's, you know, when, so, when it dominated as long as it did, it is disappointing. Like, it, it's disappointing to not be as excited. Yeah. And, and the weird thing is that, like, we have just pretty much just talked about the idea of being disappointed. Like, we haven't even really talked about components of the film, no. but I keep, like, scraping my brain, like, what should I mention? Like, like there is so much of it that is just so completely forgettable that it, it's difficult to talk about. So I, I guess we can kind of get into the specifics here of, like, what parts of the movie did and did not work. Um, so, well, actually, before we do that, let's just move on to binge points and talk about any details in the film for good or bad that we just want to mention before we get into binge points. Let's just have a quick break. Thanks for your patience. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for enduring that interruption and supporting the Basement Binge by doing so. Let's move on to binge points and talk about details here uh, in the movie. Uh, and, and here's the thing. This was something that felt was happening too much where it was like too referential or that it was, it was too meta. It was, it was too self-aware. I I don't know. Like, like, uh, Bill Murray's character showing up. It was just, the the entire thing was just weird to me. I don't know. Was there, there was there any like details or elements specifics of the film that did or didn't work for you or you want to point out? Yeah, I, I mean, I for a binge point, I think one. Uh, so one. Um, sorry if this is not the segment that I'm supposed to mention this in, but I think this Whatever, is a, it doesn't matter. This, this is a binge point. Um, you know, certainly the end credit scene. Um, I oh, find yeah. it. I find it very interesting that the technology, especially if you know the comic books, the technology that you see some of the King variants using to show up to the meeting is the same technology that Reed Richards used in multiverse of madness. Oh, dang. Like it's the same portal scheme. Um, I find that interesting. Um, but you know, you mentioned like Bill Murray's character and, and one thing that I did like, like a binge point for me about this movie that I, I think I, I really enjoyed was, I did enjoy the family aspect of this where it felt real. Like when somebody was in trouble, like Cassie was in jail, like it didn't feel like they were forcing drama. It felt like a real conversation. Like if that was happening to my family, the other thing that I, I really actually appreciated because I've seen this so many times, like you talk about Bill Murray's character 
and it's clearly obvious and they say it later in the scene um that uh god i'm so bad with names janet yes yes and his character had physical relations while she was in the quantum realm i did appreciate the fact that nobody has this stupid ego trip or at like i was down here for 30 years i had needs and michael douglas's character is like i get it honey like there was a girl you know there was a girl in the real world too but like she wasn't you and they just let it go like i i appreciated that because you can get into that where oh my god how could you do that blah 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 and like they both just respect the fact that like it happened it doesn't matter and again with the family aspect you know why didn't you tell us about kang and what like i wanted to forget about it and i i just wanted to be your mother again i feel that's very relatable i like yeah. that i thought that was good i like that she didn't give her any more grief after she delivered that line like i just wanted to be your mother like i didn't get to be your mom for 30 years and now i'm back when I never thought I'd be able to see you again, I wanted this. I like that the movie has enough self-respect, so to speak, to let that be enough. I do like those points of the movie. Um, I think they're very strong. Um, But then there's just, you know, there's, there's humor for the sense of humor for no reason. And one of those is Modoc. Yeah. Um, but I'll let you. Uh, I don't want to ramble. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to talk about Modoc. But before I do, I just want to agree that that I I like the family aspect as well. That that none of it was forced, and there wasn't like a n- unnecessary repetition of like so and so character is in danger for the sake of being in danger and and causing drama and tension. Like I felt like where the characters ended up was very natural, a- a- and wasn't forced like did characters repeatedly get in danger in different ways yes but i I didn't feel like things were unnecessarily dragged out Mm -hmm. maybe once or twice there was but it wasn't a huge hindrance and i felt like the drama and the tension and the and the stakes that the characters are in was real uh in particular that moment when when scott goes into the whatever it's called to get the the ball thing, whatever. Right. I forget, forget the name of it. I, I really, really like that scene that he's just like losing his mind with all the versions of himself, but that they overcome that by caring about Cassie. Like that was really heartfelt. And I really mm-hmm. genuinely like that might have been the highlight of the movie for me because the relationship felt real. Now, I'm not a parent yet, but you know, I can imagine that the motivation we would carry for a loved one is real and it, and it's cool to imagine that even different versions of me that might make different decisions they still do care for my family members and we're going to do what it takes you know if i had the opportunity mm-hmm. to help out my family member every version of me would that's a cool idea i really liked it i felt it was genuine i didn't feel it, it overstayed its welcome it was there it was a moment and we moved on and it was good and uh, that's what i felt about everything is that that the people in every aspect really felt like family and they really felt like they cared each other like hope coming back for scott and the way that she did like it wasn't super dramatic of course she came back like we all expected it she cares about him and i like that there was just like like an unsaid hey we're in a relationship and we care for each other and not like this huge over-the-top expression of like yes we love each other it's like yeah i'm here because of course like of course i would be here i I don't know like it it was just kind of respect 
which I liked. Um, a respect for the relationship that the characters had. I liked that and how there was a combination of self-sacrifice and like sacrifice for the greater good and also giving into that care they had for one another. That was a balance that they had. Um, now, to get back to what you were saying, Modoc, I don't understand why to choose to include this character at all. So, you know, I I can see why you would include him. I can. I, I, I really can. I, I think the setup makes sense for him. Um, quite frankly, it, based on the previews, I thought he looked a hell of a lot better on screen than when I saw him in previews. Yeah. Um, even the giant face. Now, you know, my son and I talked about this. He brought this point up where it was really stupid that every time you first saw him, he had the visor down and it always had to flip up like visor yeah. down flips up. You got to see the face again. Um, that was really ridiculous that it just had to happen every time. Um, but my problem is, you know, okay. Wakanda forever. Namor lives. I get like, okay. And technically this character survived more than, you know, one movie. Why couldn't Modoc, because the way, you know, he's smart, intelligent. Um, why couldn't he be part of Captain America in the new world order and be with the leader? Two intelligent people together formulating a plan to take over to take out superheroes like why couldn't modok just have the a, another movie to really actually shine because he doesn't get to shine here i think there's some cool things with him um again i i don't mind his design at all i think when his visor's down, he looks intimidating. The face looks like it should. I I also think that uh, again, even the just his his stretch face doesn't look bad. But his ending in this movie, I'm sorry, is ridiculous. It's stupid. That stupid need for humor at the end in in these. You know, I don't want to like, I don't want to be a dick and then just charging Kang and then, oh, at least I died in Avenger and you were always a brother to me. Like, kind of from that moment on, like, the rest of the movie, and it, it's not too long, but the rest of the movie just was kind of shot for me because it was so stupid. Like, it was so dumb. I, I agree. Uh, and I, it's interesting to me that like, if you ever wanted to introduce Modoc as a character, this is the film. This is the the quantum realm is the place to do it. Where I feel like, yeah, he fits. Mm -hmm. Th this makes sense. But th the character just felt so weird. Like, and I get Modoc's a weird character, but but the weird in between of like, I am destined only for for killing or whatever it is. I can't remember the acronym yeah. right now. To like, 
oh, now like this humor thing. Like we were in the theater and when he died, my wife like burst out laughing, not because it was funny, but at like the horrible execution of trying to balance seriousness and 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 humor. Like it was like, cringe. It, the, yes, she burst out laughing at the cringiness of it and, and not at the humor of it. And it and it was just like, why is this happening? Why why couldn't he be alive longer? Why did he have to die? And and the sudden I don't know. It, it, the, just the whole thing was just if he've if you wanted to to introduce a character that's fun, I get that. That's cool. Like Kevin Feige and the people making these movies clearly like the characters in the comic books, and so they want to introduce them in a place that makes sense. Modok in the, from the quantum realm with Kang that makes sense, but the character and everything about the character that they put into this scenario just doesn't fit. It's unnecessary. You can have this movie without Modok, and it all goes the same. And. If if Kang created him, it, his entire programming, because that's what they make it seem like, his entire programming is kind of wiped out, so to speak, because, you know, Cassie tells him not to be a dick. Like, that, like, again... She has the magic words. You could tell by the way they shot that and the way they paused those lines they think that that exchange between the two of them is funny. Like, oh, look at me. I, I'm I'm a dick. What am I supposed to do? It's never too late to not be a dick. Like, you can just tell the writer thought that's funny. And it's it's not. It's just, it's not in the right context. It's just dumb. And the other thing that I really didn't get with his character is when he captures um Cassie and Lang and you know Kang comes in to talk to Scott Modoc goes to speak and Kang slams him up against the wall and he's like don't speak when I'm in the room the very next scene he's speaking when Kang's in the room and Kang's just yeah. standing there like even the things that they did to try and make it look like he was like a subordinate it, they 45 seconds later they erase because he's doing exactly what Kang told him not to do because he's narrating to Scott what he has to do. Like, which is exactly what he got scolded for in the scene before that. It, it's just weird. It, it, it's ineffective use of a character and of time, and it feels totally unnecessary. It doesn't match the mood. And, and here's just the thing that I feel about so many of these details. Where did all these people come from in the quantum realm? Like, I get that we didn't know everything about the quantum realm, but it feels like they're like, okay, cool, we got the quantum realm. We're just going to fill it up with stuff. Like, I told my wife this, that the movie started, and we were like 15 minutes in, and I was like, okay, this is going to be a combination of uh, Sharkboy and Lava Girl, Tron Legacy, and Star Wars. Did you, you combine those? Have you seen all the comparison shots? Between Sharkboy and Lava Girl? Yes! it's ridiculous. And the thing was, it has like the vibe and the look and the, and, and the personality of Sharkboy and Lava Girl. It follows the same story as Tron Legacy, but in a much worse extent. And then it has Star Wars production value, if you will, with a bunch of weird characters and aliens. And, but it just takes all the most uninteresting parts of that and puts it together in like, some weird 
child's fever dream. Like, like it's dumb. The whole thing is just, we put things here because we needed them to be here or we wanted them to be here. We're not really sure how they're here. We're not really sure the greater impact that this has on the story. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about the quantum realm and because the MCU, you know, they, they do play loose with some of the lore and, you know, they, they incorporate their own things and, and that's, and that's fine. Um, you know, we're starting to talk about the multiverse and things like that. Why couldn't the quantum realm be ju- like, okay, you have all of these different, you know, creatures and races and all of these things in the quantum realm. The MCU makes up whatever it wants. Why could this not be like some, like the quantum realm is what happens when an incursion happens. Because yeah. they, they talked about where, oh, an incursion can either wipe out one or both, you know, both universes, things like that. Like, why could the quantum realm not be, well, you know, these are people that got dispersed after an incursion. The Kangs fight, you know, the Kangs fighting or doing like some of them didn't. And, you know, some people were lost to the incursion. And some things were sucked into the quantum realm, like as an explanation as to why is there a guy that looks like broccoli? Like other than for a character to say, holy shit, that guy looks like broccoli. Yeah. Like, why did he look like that? So that that line could be delivered. That's it. Yeah, it's just a bummer. Because here, here's the other thing that I really don't like that's in this similar vein. Why do they show that Kang is in the trailer and reveal to us that Kang is a villain for this movie and really market it that way, but then spend most of the movie referring to him as he? Mm-hmm. Or like, like like this, that he's going to be this grand reveal? Yeah. Why include these weird details that Janet was like a freedom fighter against him and that there was like a revolution against him that failed? Like, that that's all in... Bill Murray's character, like... This idea that there's like a like a society and like a failed revolt against him. It's just what is any of that doing for the story of Ant-Man? Yeah, nothing. She has been gone from the quantum realm for how long? Oh, who knows? Uh, But you're telling me he didn't wipe them out. It's it's for some reason taken him like there's still people that tried to revolt against him that they somehow he hasn't found them when he rules the entire damn quantum realm. Yeah. Like how are some like, okay, how are these people? I don't know. Some of it was just really like, some of it was weird. I, you know, the one thing that I will say too, really quickly is I did like, again, I think his portrayal is good. I did like the honesty of Kang, even though he's a villain. I did like how when they were showing him and Janet and she sees what he's done and she's like, I can't let you leave. Like how many worlds were you destroy? I really did like just the simplicity of like, not yours. Because like, again, like even though you're a villain, it was very sincere. Like, look, you help me. I'm not going to touch your world. Like, Everybody that you know and care about 
is going to be fine. I will never come to you. Ever. Yeah. You have you have my word. I really like that a lot, actually. I thought that album, like I thought that made him incredibly intimidating, even though he was being yeah. honest, like that scene was very intimidating to me. I agree. And I and I like that he's a villain and that he's bad and that he wants to be a, a conqueror for the sake of like his arrogance or whatever it may be, like his own hubris. Like like he's a conqueror for the sake of being a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Like like what an what a different type of villain he's not motivated by money he's not motivated by revenge on somebody or whatever and he's not a copy paste of ant-man like we get in so many films he he is a villain and he is an intimidating villain and i that i agree with that element i i really really liked yeah i i i I thought he was good um there is one thing and i'll i'll get to that you know later um that I, I didn't get at the end either, but um yeah, I don't I don't have any other binge points. So I say let's just move into our next uh part, least and likes. This is where we talk about our least favorite scene and our favorite scene if we have uh, specifics. Uh we'll start with our least favorite. Matt, is there a least favorite scene of this movie that you have? So there's kind of a double nomin there's there's a double nomination. One is that death scene with Modoc. It's it's inexcusable. It's lazy. It doesn't make sense. And again, it's just it's comedy for the sake of having comedy in a section because, oh, we haven't told a joke in a little bit. Like, hang on a second. Our stopwatch is running. Um, It's it's in the contract that every 15 minutes in a Marvel movie, there's got to be some sort of joke. There's got to be some (laughs) sort of humor. Um, That's obviously I'm kidding. I don't know that there's anything like that. It feels like there is sometimes. Um, that to me is that scene is just, oh my God, it's so bad. Um, if I were watching this movie again, I literally might get up and leave the room and like go grab a drink. Cause I know that scene's coming. Cause I just don't want to watch it. Like I, I don't need to see that again. Cause it's that bad. The other thing that I really didn't like because of the setup to me, it was really weird editing that Kang was still alive after the ants took him because all indications of that scene are that they chewed him alive and they, yeah, they linger on that shot of them taking him away. You do not see him blast them. You do not see any of them, any of them like explode out. Like it's he's done. And they show that scene long enough where you don't see him fighting back. And for him to then just all of a sudden be there, I felt was very bad editing. It did. I agree. It it felt like they flopped scenes. Yes, I I agree. I thought he was dead. I thought the ants killed him. So for my least favorite, if it's not the Modoc scene, and this isn't a specific thing, but another element that we just didn't talk about, is just the whole idea of the ants. Not that I have a problem with ants. Like it's an Ant-Man movie. There's going to be ants. Like, that totally fits. And I like that it's um, Hank that brings in the ants. But like the fact that, that both at, at the beginning of the movie, he lightly mentions that they're intelligent, that they're building technology on their own, and then that they live like a thousand lives in one day or what, whatever the line oh is, and then they're like God. ultra brilliant now. Like what is that going to do 
for the future of the MCU? What what is that going to do for the future of Ant Man? Absolutely nothing. It is there to be an army to fight against Kang's army in the final conclusion battle. Like it, like it is only a means to that end. And while it was, and it was absolutely predictable. And like it wasn't outright horrible, but it was just like, really, right. like we're just going to accept that ants are just ultra brilliant now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they're Did all like they're all mini Tony Starks. Yeah, like Ed, like all of those ants are the like literally those ants are the most intelligent thing in the universe for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. D- did not like that at all. So, um, yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite scene? Um, I do. You know, it's, I did like how, that final fight kind of played out, even though I think it's very odd how it, how it came to be. I did like the brutality of Kang Mm. when he's fighting him hand to hand. Um, you know, Ant-Man, I also did like, you know, I really did like the scenes of him and Janet talking. Um, I thought those were very strong. And then his dialogue to Scott again, because he felt very, honest and you know scott's like we had a deal well you're the one who kind of screwed that up like kang didn't do anything like he told you if you go get this okay you're the one who did something else before you went and gave it to him like he didn't do anything like i know he's a villain but like kang didn't actually go back on his word you did like so um, but I, I really liked his, okay, well, go do this for me and I'll do this for you. His, you know, and I, we saw it in the trailer, but you know, oh, you're an Avenger. Like just the calmness in which he said, oh, they all blend together. Like the fact that it's, it feels like he has killed countless numbers of Avengers team. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it was like. No, you haven't killed one person or like one universe where the Avengers existed. Like it feels like he has like the universes that he destroyed that Janet saw when she touched the time engine. Like there were Avengers in like 50 percent of those or 100 percent of those. And he just he wiped them out. I I like that a lot. I like that scene. Yeah, I I agree. I like if I, I were to pick a favorite, it's going to be one of those that you mentioned um, or the scene where all of the Scots work together to, to get that was good for Cassie. Like mm-hmm. when, when they're all saying for Cassie, like, like that was a scene I didn't get teary eyed, but, but that was the scene that made me feel the most emotion mm-hmm. uh, as, as far as like thematically goes or like, you know, character relation goes. So, you know, for that reason, I will just say that that's my favorite because because I liked him. Yeah. yeah. Well, when they explain like, oh, it's your like it's your multiple thoughts, like it's every thought that you have being split for them to all come together, like you said, to say. Well. All of us might have a different thought on what to do, but the end goal is to save Cassie. So yeah. we come together. Like, yeah, I like that theme um, a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think that was good. So I think that that's a good transition into the last segment here, Fall In. Fall In. 
This is where we talk about, as my dad always said, the moral of the stories, themes, messages, you know, real life takeaways from it. And that was really the one that I, I wanted to mention, this idea that like, you know, be, be with Kang or the quantum realm or the multiverse or whatever, and you want to, whatever format you want to take it in. This film kind of addresses the, the options, uh, the, the presence of possibilities and the idea that that something that can unify the possibilities of ourselves mm-hmm. are the people are the people we care for is a cool theme and maybe not that exact thing but just the care you have for your family you know be that spouse significant other child father mother whatever you know i even like that cassie calls hank grandpa hank is that what she calls him she calls him grandpa or something like that like i like i just like that they're a family and that the family aspect is a huge part of everything that happens in the movie and a huge motivation of all that the characters do i thought that that was a good theme and had worthwhile moments few or far between and you know the steps you had to take to get to those moments were kind of brutal but you got there yeah i i think you know the part that I enjoyed most about this is that family aspect. I like how, you know, everybody is a lot like Scott. Isn't just like, well, I'm her dad. So none of you get a say. And I also like how he doesn't pull any kind of card. Like, well, you're not her mother. So like he, like he respects everybody's input onto what's going on and also about like you know okay well making mistakes like yeah you know i i like how yeah you know so it's not to say get in trouble all the time but it, it doesn't mean that's who you have to be um you know i did also i i, I appreciated the fact too where they do talk about okay but what are you do- like what are you doing like we should help these people you know that that just theme of like okay if you can help somebody you should yeah you know i i, I like that I, the line that i that cassie said that i leaned over to my wife in the movie and said that was a good line was just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that it's not happening right like like that that if if you're if it's happening to people help and i just think that that's like a cool cuz like yeah, it can be very quickly before it does happen to you. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, like, the, the bummer thing is that, like, these cool moments or these cool messages, they're like a line or they're like a moment. Like, it's not a through line through the whole movie. It's like a snippet, which is a bummer because as we say them, you and I, like, these are awesome messages. These are yeah. super worthwhile, way beneficial. And it's like a blink and a miss it. Yeah. Do you know that they reshot this ending? They did? Yep. What part of the ending? Uh, the whole thing. Oh, dang. Uh, the ending um, you that it's coming out now. Um, and this is where I, like, this is one more thing that I was confused about. Um, where did the consistency and how time works in the quantum realm go? Yeah. Because it looks like they came out of the quantum realm and no freaking time has passed. Yet, Scott's five minutes in the quantum realm was five years on earth. Yeah. Uh, so where's that consistency? Um, but 
the original ending. And that's that was one other thing that like I I didn't really touch on. I'm just going to say it very quickly is, she, you know, hope comes back, saves them. This version of Kang is dead because they confirm it that like, oh, one of ours has been killed. Um, and And then like immediately it's just like, oh, let's go home. And all of a sudden Cassie's like firing up this thing that looked like it got destroyed and boom, they're pulled out of the quantum realm. Um, The ending of this movie was originally they were stuck and Kane got out. Interesting. And they went, that would be interesting. They went and reshot it. And, you know, my thought, I I really thought how this movie was going to end was not that they were stuck. They got out, but so much time had passed in the quantum realm to Earth that it would almost be something like Loki, where another version of Kang was already there. Like, okay, we were in the quantum realm for a couple of days. Great, we're back. But whoa, wait a minute, like, what's going on here? Like, I almost thought that that's how this movie was going to end, to really kind of kickstart the Kang dynasty, so to speak. And I think that's what a lot of people thought, and were, you know, I'm not as disappointed, but I think that's where people are saying, like, okay, well, I don't have a clear enough picture of why Kang is such a big threat. Like, I, I, I think that's part of where maybe people are where maybe that could have helped to go. Oh crap. This guy's like, whoo. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the difficult things is that like this movie just doesn't have, re- it's not consequential in any way. Like they go in the quantum realm, they have their adventure and they come out and they're done and nothing's changed in the universe. Um, n- nothing really changed for Ant-Man. Nothing really changed for, Kang, because apparently that version is sucked into something. Yep. Uh, dead, I'm going to presume. And there's other versions of him out there, but the Avengers, you know, or Ant Man or whoever, don't really, they're not, they're not aware of him. They think that they've eliminated the threat. And so it allows us as an audience to be aware of Kang, but them in the, those, the characters in the universe to, to think that they've, they've beat him and that they, they can kind of, you know, relax, so to speak. So it, it's just completely unconsequential. It's like, yeah, our, our stroll through the park today was more dramatic than we anticipated. Well, it, I mean, the one thing that did change for Ant-Man is now he has to pay $12 for his coffee. Um, yeah. When he comes back, <laughs> which, by the way, quick side question. Um, when does this movie actually take place? Because... Um, uh, I know nobody's supposed to know, like, it just still felt weird. Like, really, somebody mistakes him for Spider-Man? Yeah. Like, that just felt weird. So, like, how far does this movie take place? And, like, do people know of Spider-Man because he was, like, people still are aware of Spider-Man because of being in the Avengers movies or because, like, I I don't know. I I feel like him calling him Spider-Man caused a couple of like continuity questions for me. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's just kind of weird. Like isn't, isn't Ant-Man's identity known and Spider-Man's isn't like, right. 
yeah, yeah it, it's uh, weird to according me. to the end of no way home like yeah it is um but yeah so it, that was a little odd to you know that was a little odd to me um but yeah like even that just that ending where he's walking and he's like wait is he gone like now that i know that they did it's like oh yeah i can totally tell that that was reshot like yeah. they they changed this ending yeah and and even that just felt like dumb like mm-hmm. like it felt like it didn't feel serious it felt like it was more to be like funny and not to be like right is this guy actually gone because if he's not that's a big deal right but i'm kind of <laughs> oh well like yeah yeah <laughs> So. Good thing, good thing I don't need to worry about it, type of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I'm glad we're kind of on the same page there because it because it was, it, I don't know, it just was kind of lame to me. Yeah. So, um, so there we go. There's a review for uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Unless you have any other thoughts that you want to add. No, I mean, I think I, I don't know. Talking about it, maybe, maybe it's a little worse than I. I thought before we actually started talking together. Um, I, I feel like I'm kind of leaning towards that. Um, I mean, it wouldn't change. It wouldn't change my rating because I, I certainly wouldn't say like, I, I would absolutely like never watch this again. Like, it's not that where I'm like, Nope, if it's on, yeah. I'm not looking at the screen, <laughs> turn, like turn it off. Um, but I, I think talking about it, there you know it would like for instance if i was rating this as just like my own review it probably would have lost a a a bucket um you know or two of 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 popcorn so to speak yeah so i mean i forgot to do this at the beginning to rummage for the rotten but let's just reveal the rotten now by pulling over from your show popcorn time by deciding or, or giving you the rating out of five bucks of popcorn, what would we give it? Now, this is an interesting thing because I hadn't thought about this before. So I'm going to have you go first because I don't, I don't even know what I would give it. Yeah, I, you know, because I, when I see something, I, I always think about it in terms of like my podcast and okay, what would I rate it out of five buckets? Um, right. And I got out of the movie and I said, you know what? Um, a three. Like, I, I'll give it a three. Um, but after talking and just kind of going, yeah, the movie just still kind of feels inconsequential, so to speak, still. Um, and there's not enough to go, well, yeah, even if this was standalone and, you know, we never got anything else, this is still really good. Um, but after talking about this, I would have to say this is a two. I'm going to I would bring this down to two buckets. My initial thought was three after I got out of the theater and even before we started. But after talking about it, it yeah, it, it would it would go down to two buckets for me. You know what? I, I think that I'm just right there with you. I'm going to give it two buckets as well. And even before you kind of said that, that's what I was thinking, that it's just, you know, it's not outright horrible, but it's not good. And it's definitely below average. Uh, so two buckets out of five is what I, I would give it as well, which if you would have asked me this like six months ago, maybe when did we get a trailer? Marvel releases their trailers way too early. So maybe like eight months ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this was a movie that I was looking forward to because I I have been a big fan of the Ant-Man series 
all the way through. You know, I, while I do agree with you, the treatment of the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp um, is subpar and not very good. Uh, I do just like that man series. And so I was looking forward to it. And I love Jonathan Majors and I was excited for him to be King. And it just didn't deliver, you know, and the writing was on the wall before we even got here. Yeah. And I think one thing that disappointed me, too, is, you know, I was really excited and intrigued. And we talked about this briefly a while back where Kevin Feige's reason for this movie starting phase five was we feel like Ant-Man has earned the right to be more of a central focus and start off what's going to be the next big chapter. And it didn't feel like this movie treated Ant-Man because I think Paul Rudd is fantastic. Okay, he's um, remarkable. I like Paul Rudd a lot, actually. And I'm not just talking about Ant-Man. Like, I like Paul Rudd. I think he's a very good actor. I think he does actually have very good comedic chops. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think he can play a variety of roles and be believable. Um, but it didn't feel like this movie treated him like Kevin Feige talked about it. Like how, yeah. like, you know, like I said, he's deserved the right to start our next big phase. Like he's, you know, Paul Rudd, this character, he's made it his own. And then the movie feels like it kind of betrayed that sentence. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It just, it wasn't, um, it wasn't serious and it wasn't funny and it didn't really know what it was trying to be because it tried to be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other? Last thoughts for Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania? No, just, I, again, I hope this isn't, I, I hope this isn't a, uh, a trend of what's to come. And I do remember before we sign off the movie that I was thinking of, even though I like, you know, this to me is one of the ones that could be just, okay, who cares? But in all honesty, where the hell does Deadpool three fit into this? Yes, I was thinking about that while we were talking about it. Like, that was the movie I was thinking of. And there is probably nobody who is more excited to see Deadpool 3 and Hugh Jackman back than me. Oh, yeah. Like, just the the giddiness I have to see him back as Wolverine is, it's almost embarrassing. And, (laughs) like, God forbid he shows up in a comic accurate Wolverine suit. Just put a wet floor sign down in front of me. Cause that's it. <laughs> like, but where, where the hell does that fit in? I, I don't think it fits in anywhere. It's like, yeah, we just did it. Like you guys want, like who cares where it fits in? Just love the fact that you get this team up. Don't ask us any other questions. Like I, I think that's genuinely <laughs> might might be what happens. So, but yeah, that was the movie I was thinking of when we were talking earlier about like how are these things connected? Yeah, I, I don't think that that we're gonna see a, a, a cohesion like we're expecting for a long time. Yeah. So so well, thank you again for joining, Matt. One last time, I'll let you talk about Matt goes to the movies before we close out here. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Um, getting, you know, some things caught up, like I said earlier, where we're going to be releasing uh, a review for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey uh, every, mostly every Sunday. Um, you know, we missed uh, one week here. Uh, every Sunday we review The Last of Us. 
uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, like I just said, uh, a YouTube video review for The Crow coming up. Uh, we'll be double double dipping into Pedro Pascal territory with The Mandalorian, which we've talked. I, I hope you can join Rob and I as The Mandalorian season three comes out. Um, and then really still just trying to, you know, figure out some directions the show is going with like, you know, watch parties on Ciner, um and, and different things. So I, I know we'll have a lot coming out. I, I'm sure probably one of our shows will do Fast 10. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so. Just still trying to figure out what kind of direction and, you know, release release content like you said sometimes the schedule is very hard to to stay consistent yeah i had so many episodes that i was going to release and and i have like a to-do list project manager thing uh where i keep track of them and they're all past due and it's just like yeah i know (laughs) 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 i figured out (laughs) so yeah yeah we're both in that together so if you want to check out matt goes to the movies it is matt goes to the movies wherever you get podcasts additionally it will be linked below um, subscribe to the basement binge while we're here because there are some fun things coming animation hall of fave does need to continue those reviews <laughs> are coming uh, additionally getting excited for creed 3 you know talking about jonathan majors i'm looking forward to that so subscribe to both magos and movies in the basement binge wherever you get podcasts thank you again matt for being here and thank you all for listening if you haven't heard enough this is the basement binge and my name is harrison that's all for now ciao ciao For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.